Every day we get closer and closer to being syncing up with our to the perfect claps. <laughs> I, I think, think we did it once. <laughs> we've done it. We've done it like once or twice, and every single time, like on the episode, it'll be like, "Ooh, that was a good one." <laughs> <laughs> We're very proud of our claps, everybody. This is a shameless recap podcast. It's the luck we had. We are your hosts. My name is Amanda. My name is Evan. My name is Lena. And I, we're in the back half of season four. When I was posting about like editing season, episode 408, a bunch of people on my TikTok and on my Twitter were like, we cannot fucking wait for this episode. Like people are oh my God. For 408. 408 is 408 was big. It's juicy. Are you kidding 411 me? is going to be bigger. You guys <laughs> don't even worry Oh my God. It. We're going to record for so fucking long when it's Emily. Probably. It'll probably go on like three hours or something. 408 and 411, I think, are the two episodes that have not not been talked about in every yeah. damn season that we've True. recorded about, so far. What about 506? Oh, 506. Oh, we talk about it in every season. I feel like we talk about 411 every goddamn episode. Yeah, you two don't shut up about it. <laughs> 506? She's a she is a quiet, powerful one. Five oh six. I can't wait till we get that. Was that's probably one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. It's it's the one where he's with Yevgeny the whole time. Right, yeah. right, right. And then oh, that song by Joy Wave. Well, and everything like with Fiona and Gus kind of blows up. Yeah, at that point too. Oh. That's huge. Oh, Gus is so sexy. But- I followed the actor on Instagram for so long just because I thought he was attractive. When he wrote that <laughs> song about Fiona, I was like, "Hey, boy." <laughs> this episode is also not one to sneeze at. This one is fu- like this one's so much bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. I watched this like I think two days ago, and I was like, "Why is this episode so good?" <laughs> it took me a solid three hours to get through the notes on this one. I actually ended up switching at one point to like because I I found out that I knew this episode really well, like visually. I switched to like reading the transcript of the script Ooh. and going off of that for a hot minute but then i just went back to watching it oh nice i love so and because i like to benchmark when we record this in time because you never know what's gonna happen in this fucking world day to day this is january 10th the day that we're recording this is this our first episode of 2022 i think no so. 408 408 oh, was our first was. episode of 2022 because we recorded 408 on the on january 2nd and it's uh, releasing, by the time this is out, it will release on January 11th. And then this one is out on the 25th. We just don't talk a lot, a lot about pop culture outside and of And it's also talking. like, we only get to really sit down and chat like maybe once every week and a half, maybe once every two weeks. So it's like, yeah, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about some other stuff. I'm still mourning my girl Betty White and I've decided on the 17th she turns, you know what? She lived through enough leap years. She was 100. She wasn't 99. The bitch was 100. She was like 102, realistically, then. 103. Something like that. Good for her. She lived through enough leap years to earn the extra 18 days. Like, she she was 100. I still don't get how leap years work, but we'll call it a day. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Let's get back into the shameless of it all. <laughs> this is season four, episode nine, The Legend of Bonnie and Carl. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Very, very clever title. Very appropriate. They 100% gave her character that name for the just pun. Just so they could make that joke. Oh, yeah. Just for the pun. Billion percent. Yeah, they were like, they were like, yeah, like Bonnie and Clyde. And we'll have them rob a little convenience store. It's, it's like I agree that on Glee, they named uh, Jesse St. James Jesse so that Finn could sing Jesse's Girl. Jesse's like Girl. that is why oh, they named him that. Oh, yeah. percent. <laughs> So this episode aired. Oh, by the way, Lena did the notes, the lovely, beautiful notes, and I'm going to do the narrating, but props to Lena. Also, Lena and I, and Evan has in his room, our Luck We Had Pod shirts. 
some sexy yeah, yeah. ass shirts. They look so good. They're very comfortable. I wore mine to the gym a couple days ago. Straight. <laughs> Get them on our bonfire. It's a 20 day campaign that the the minute that someone else buys one, it restarts the campaign. So get on that shit. Get on it through our website. It's on our website. Check it out. No, because they're so comfortable. They're for so real. comfortable. <laughs> uh, all right. So this episode, episode 409, The Legend of Bunny and Carl, aired on March 16th, 2014. And not to make everything about my birthday, but that's two days before my birthday. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> it's like. Two weeks before me and Lena were in the same place, same time. Oh, at Playlist Live. 20, at Playlist Live 2014. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that Zoe was at too? Yeah, that's where and, I met Zoe for the first uh, time. Wasn't Danny there? Yeah, that's where I met Danny for the first time. That's crazy. And Kenzie. Oh, that's oh my crazy. god, dude, the whole crew. Never, I, I never talked met to. You, though. Yeah, no, because I we didn't become friends until maybe like a couple months after just because you started getting more in the fandom literally literally just a few months after yeah because it was like march 22nd well, what? Ask, I think. when was ass pounders 4000 2018 that was my sophomore year of high school my playlist live was my se- uh my my seventh grade of middle school no i know because it was like well because it was like we were friends and then we were more distant friends and then ass pounders happened and now we're like really close i'm sorry friends. are you no. saying ass pounders yeah, it's always sunny <laughs> joke. I, we have a group yeah. chat with uh, three of other <laughs> nice. of our friends, Molly, Noah, and Blaze, and AP. It's our group chat's AP4K, and it's a joke of when Mac made this like the Ass Pounder Four Thousand. Yeah, the yeah. Ass Pounder yeah. Four Thousand. <laughs> so chat that's our for group chat going on five years, going on six years, right? Going on five years. This yeah, this February that it'll be group five years. Chat then was it the, the night, night of... that mac finds his pride aired i think we yeah. made it like right before the episode aired because we were the only ones i need to catch up on sunny this season i haven't it's watched so... it all season. It, it's actually this pretty good was really good actually i mean i was sad that it was so short but it was really i mean short. they're still and... re- they're Wait, still the releasing their podcast over? yeah so yeah. amanda what they did is they double aired every week and there was only eight episodes so it was over in four weeks oh my god it was like the biggest robbery it was highway robbery yeah this season was really good i was sad that it was over so soon though i'm kind of disappointed what they did with the charlie dad storyline but don't get me started we can talk about it after i'm gonna gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it i'm glad they're still releasing their podcast actually they've gotten to a point where they've because it was going to be like a recap podcast where they sit down and talk about the episodes that they've made like in wow coming and, for our brand right and go through like well no go through like behind the scenes like stuff they remember doing while they were shooting or writing it but they've literally moved into a point where it's like this is important workaholics boys podcast territory where they just talk about whatever the fuck they want for an hour <laughs> i might actually listen to them it's kind of great it's like longtime friends like that who are also like in the industry really really fun to listen to I agree. I just started listening to the Psych Rewatch podcast. The psychologists are in, hosted by Timothy Amelson and uh, Maggie Lawson. Timothy's the guy from Supernatural, right? Yes, he's Kane from Supernatural, yeah. Oh, I met him. I have a photo with him. (gasps) Lucky bitch! I don't think I ever showed it to you. I'll send it to you after the episode. All right, so, yeah, sorry to get sidetracked. Sorry, Again. we're so sidetracked. It's been a while since we've gotten to talk, Guys, and a lot has happened. Should we start a side podcast where we just talk? <laughs> where we just talk? We just, we just gaggle oh, and giggle? Too much, too much editing for Amanda. And hey. we're cutting hey, back And we're in. back. All right, so I just cut out a little stinky thing that maybe maybe you'll find <laughs> out about it later. Um, so this episode, it was written by Eaton Frankel. I hate this man's name. I hate pronouncing his yeah, name. Yeah, I remember Ethan me and you were like, Eaton? <laughs> I think it's Eaton. This is Eaton's seventh of 13 shameless writing credits. Uh, he did 107, Frank Gallagher, Loving Husband, Devoted Father. 
205, Father's Day. 210, A Great Cause. 307, A Long Way From Home. 312, Survival of the Fittest. Great fucking episode. 404, Strangers on a Train. Great fucking episode. This one, Rite of Passage. 505, 509, Carl's First Sentencing. 605, Refugees. 610, Paradise Lost. 706, The Defenestration of Frank. And 711, Happily Ever After. Also a great fucking ending in that episode. He's the best. He has other credits. He was written on Friday Night Lights. Sorry for your loss. He's very good. We like him a lot. His name is just annoying. Uh, <laughs> this episode was directed by tried and true Mark Myloid. I fucking love this guy. <laughs> and also I've seen him lately do a lot of interviews about Succession. And I'm like, he is a freaking genius. Succession has been showing up on my TikTok so much. And I'm like, Evan, who are these it's gay boys? So, well, it's like... It's like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 business, business. But then you're like, wait, they're cunty to each other. <laughs> I love it. I saw Shiv just won a Golden Globe last night. Oh, did she? Yeah. She's, she's so the best. So did MJ Rodriguez finally got a fucking Golden Globe for Pose. Ooh. Did, <gasps> that, did uh, you know, Rachel you know, Ziegler got a Golden Globe for Maria in West for Side, West Side Story. Story. Fuck Ansel Edward. Did did any of the Succession men get a Golden Globe? I know Kieran Culkin lost because now he's a four time Golden Globe loser. Oh no! Oh poor boy. No, it was funny because his wife like posted on Instagram. She was like, she was like, my four time Golden Globe loser. <laughs> Jeremy Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall, won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. He won over over Brian Cox, who plays his dad in the show. But I mean, Jeremy fucking brings it we're talking about secession because mark myloid uh directs on secession and game of thrones and entourage but also this is his 10th of 12 episodes of shameless he directs through season nine he's also a major producer of the show through seasons four and five he helped adapt the show for u.s audiences uh because he was originally a part of the uk version of shameless that's actually so dope though yeah Yeah. have you seen that video he did on this i think it's like maybe the season four special features or season five where he talks very in depth about like mickey and mandy and yeah. their character it's on youtube like you can find it but it's like this interview he does a kind of behind the scenes sort of thing they talk to a lot of different people but it's like he really just has like a firm understanding of like who mickey and mandy are and he US really adaptation. does he really <laughs> One does. Of the only people. Oh, for real? Because when he left after like season, f- I mean, he he stayed so on, did but Mandy. <laughs> he he stayed on like, and well, he directed one more episode in season nine, but I don't think he was involved like in the production or the writers' room or anything like that post season five. And it's like, damn, show suffered. But the episodes that he has directed were the pilot. 109, but at last came a knock. 112, Father Frank, full of grace. 201, summertime. 204, a beautiful mess. 211, just like the pilgrims intended. 301, El Gran Canyon. 309, Frank the Plumber. 312, Survival of the Fittest. This one, he directs the season four finale, Lazarus. And he directs, randomly, season nine, episode four, Do Right, Vote White. That episode was kind of fun, though, if I remember correctly. That, that, yeah, that one was episode's really fun. It was kind of <laughs> silly. The synopsis of this episode is, in detention, Carl shares a connection with a troubled girl named Bonnie. Fiona experiences the struggles of job hunting with a criminal record, while Mickey ignores the birth of his son to spend time with Ian. Previously on was done by Frank in bed at Sheila's mumbling through an oxygen mask. It was actually a great previously on. I know he's just like, and they have (laughs) subtitles. subtitles. There's subtitles at the bottom. Previously on Shameless, oof, 
Svetlana threatened Ian with a hammer in the shower, saying that Mickey must stay to take care of the baby. Ian returned home and reunited with Fiona. He seems very energized. Lip and Mandy hooked up again. Frank's liver is failing. It's dire. Svetlana went into labor, but Mickey refused to go to the hospital. Robbie is soon to be three years sober. Amanda babysat Liam for Lip. She later gave him a blowjob. Carol decided to keep the baby she carried for Kevin V. Maddie broke up with Debbie, but says they can remain friends. Liam overdosed on cocaine. Fiona is a convicted felon and is now on house arrest. When I was, yeah, when I was doing the notes for this, I, the previously on just kept going on and on and on. And I literally was like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, <laughs> and this is how the, we get the title sequence, all the fun and games. And then we open on Fiona in the shower. I also want to remark how cold it looked. Like, they made it look cold in this. And, like, especially when her hair was wet, I'm like, she is freezing. I feel how cold she is right yeah, now. Yeah, and she's hunched over. She's not, like, shivering, but she's hunched over in that way you get when you're, like, out of the shower and you're like, oh. So we open on Fiona in the shower. Uh, there's a special focus on her ankle monitor as she steps out of the shower and gets ready for the day. She looks through all the business attire she once, like, put on for her legitimate office job with the cut people. And she picks out that one nice outfit we've seen her wear for her job interviews. And she is still soaking wet while putting her underwear and bra on. That they that's always happen always happens in Shameless. No one drives himself off. Everyone immediately gets dressed. And I'm like, I have seen so many of them put jeans on with I can't imagine their hair like especially the boys, like their hairy, wet legs. <laughs> she had her towel on and like she dried off her body a little, but then she didn't wrap her head in the towel or anything. Like, she just kind of, like, You got water in it. your booty crack. She like, squeezed you... it a little and then started getting dressed. But I could just tell, like, when the underwear is, like, kind of gets wet from your body and, like, catches. It's yeah. Like, oh, my God. It literally, it just, like, It doesn't go up, up smooth. It's like, oh. No, I hate that. I hate that so disgusting. much. But she seems, for the first time in the last couple of episodes, to be in a good mood. And she seems really, really determined. And in the hallway, she runs into Lip and informs him that her house arrest gets lifted in 41 minutes and she gets to leave the premises. So how long when she was under house arrest? It was like, what? She was under month? house arrest for like a week or two. I don't, I think it was two, because they said, what, seven to ten days and then she was like, okay, and then there were like business days. So she was like, she could not leave her house for two straight weeks and now she can leave uh, to go to her parole office and to go to find a job. Quarantine and, mode. Quarantine mode. Ooh triggered <laughs> so lip like she's like my house arrest lips in 41 minutes i can go see my parole officer i can go look for a job and lips like uh-huh yeah anyway and he's just trying to keep the train running and he tells her that he went through their bills he canceled their cable so they were paying for cable um he plans on continuing to steal food from the cafeteria at school and he's gonna use the check he has coming in for a student loan to pay their rent and power the next month so like i i've never uh -oh. gotten a scholarship i so i guess in the scholarship you get a check and then you have to pay the loan with the check um yeah as far as i know they either will mail you a check or i think sometimes if you it have just like gets direct deposited. if you have like direct deposit but they don't pay it for you have to pay it yourself or he also possibly gets a separate grant mm. For I don't know why, because she brings up tuition, but it's like I think their He's tuition. On a full ride. Well, it's like their their tuition just goes through automatically, but I think he gets a separate grant to cover like supplies and housing and things. I like would that. also like to know if he lives close enough to be doing this commute to classes. 
Why is he paying for it's room like and board? Two hours because it's he's probably an RA a, it's probably a forty five minute. No, he's not an RA at the moment. Oh, not. A, oh, I yeah, think no, he's still bronze roommate. Duh. It's possible that there is a requirement for students to live on campus Maybe. the first year. Um, that used to be a thing pre COVID. Isn't that could that be possibly what was included in his scholarship though? Is that like you have to board here to us maybe to pay this that might be amount. a thing. My um a friend of mine who's at school like he was like yeah I have to, even though I live so close to home I to in my scholarship if I want to afford to go here I have to mm-hmm. live there. Okay, right, yeah. Well, it's yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he gets separate grants for for things like school supplies and housing and whatever whatever so he can technically use that for whatever he wants but his school supplies need to be paid for somehow uh but yeah he says he plans on using that check to cover their rent and stuff and fiona's like don't worry about it i'm totally gonna get a job right away we're gonna be fine you don't have to pay with your with your school money and and lips like "Uh uh-huh yeah sure all right babe like well, because it's like, he yeah. knows that people don't just hire anybody with a criminal record. And like, so she's like, are you staying at the house tonight? He's like, yeah. And they both go to wake up Liam. And as they're about to get to the boy's room, Mickey is like leaving. And he's like, I got dibs on the crapper. And they look at each other like, the fuck? Mickey's still here, huh? No, <laughs> no she literally, yeah, she's literally like, Mickey's still here. And Liv just goes, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> So they go into the boys' room to get Liam, but Liam's bed is empty, and apparently when he has a nightmare, he goes and hides in someone's room. So they all start getting up to look around, but Lip takes a moment to just see Ian splayed out on the bed. Like, it's it's Lip. Lip is noticing. We don't know what he's noticing, but Lip is noticing. Well, he's fucking, like, conked as hell. But I feel like Lip is kind of, like, reassured by that. He's like, oh, he's sleeping. Like, that's good. He's leg tired. off the bed to where to where Mickey was laying on the floor. Leg off the bed. Dude, he was fucking snoozing <laughs> as hell. He was so <laughs> sleeping. Ian spends half of season four and season five asleep. Yeah. For real. And Good. season six. The like the the first half of season six. He's asleep. asleep. So they look for Liam. Uh they can't find him under Debbie's bed anywhere. He is hiding in the closet in the living room. And so Lip and Fiona are like, there you are. You want some juice? Let's get you some juice. And Mickey's like, now we're out. As he finishes the Sunny D. (laughs) I love Sunny D. That was so rude of him. I find it. Sometimes I'm like, like I watch these clips of him and I'm like, yeah, I love him. He's the best. But then I'm like, sometimes I think it's, it's so hard to defend you. Especially in this episode, he does it like twice. In his defense, he is currently trying to keep up with a manic Ian. Like he is—he's run ragged too. He's also what twenty. <laughs> He—he's also twenty, and twenty-year-old boys eat like a crazy amount. And he asks whoever's going to the store to get eggs and Tabasco sauce because that's hangover food. And Ian perpetually has a hangover anymore. So Lips like, you know, this isn't a shelter. And Mickey's like, no shit, shelter has better water pressure. <laughs> and his excuse is that he uh he's hiding from his wife he needs to not be near his wife so ian said he could crash there for a few days even though lip knows that's bullshit it's also been what like a week now yeah maybe a week and a half slumber like, party it, it's been a while oh yeah he's like we're just having a sleepover <laughs> like boys do and so lip takes liam back upstairs to get dressed where ian is just now waking up and like we're we sit with Lip like changing Liam watching while Ian gets out of bed and Lip's like so so Mickey's still here huh and 
Ian's like, yeah. Lip says, you think that's a, that's a good idea? And Ian goes, mmm, coffee. And like just leaves the room. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they also like chat a little bit about Lip's like, yeah, like, did you have a late night? Because Ian's just like totally exhausted. And Ian's like, yeah, I got out around two. It's before 8 a.m. though. Yeah. He didn't sleep that much. Like, I don't know why Lip is like, oh, like late night, like. It's like, yeah, he's fucking oh, tired. Oh, boy, barely he, got he six only, hours. Yeah, he only slept maybe six hours, probably closer to five or yeah. four. Don't be rude. <laughs> and then we go to Sheila's house where a doctor is examining Frank, who has been asleep for 18 hours because he's dying. God. Chucky, ever the blunt one, is like, is he ever going to wake up? Like, he's just like, is he fucking dead? <laughs> he fucking makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> He got them good one-liners. Like, I honestly episode, will give him that. And, and later, when Sheila walks in, he's just like, what are you doing here? It's like, <laughs> this is where she lives, homeboy. And they're like, and he asks if, if Frank's going to wake up, and the guy's like, I don't know, I'm not a fucking specialist, but I'm pretty sure this guy's dying. Like, you should just make him comfortable. And so he's like, you said when I was when I was done examining him, you would. And Sammy sends Chucky out of the room because she's going to blow this guy in a way to pay him for this doctor's visit. But she starts crying because she was just informed her dad's going to die. And the guy's like, I can still come if you're crying. <laughs> He's like, no, no, keep going. I can still come when you cry. Uh, uh, I hate men. I hate men. He, like, he's like, because she's like, you're the only one from the hospital that would come. Like, you're a doctor. And he's just like, I'm a resident. Like, residents what, are doctors. What? But isn't it like he's he's fresh out of medical school? No, no, no. His... Intern is fresh out of medical school. Residency is you've already gone through one year of interns, and then you do if it's it's if it, depending on the program, you do a few years of residency, and then you can get hired as an attending. I know this. I just watched oh. all of Grey's Anatomy again. Well, so why does he play it off like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking because about? he's not a specialist he doesn't have a specialty yet you can't be like your Fair. liver is bad don't do that yeah like if it's he's a five-year like, program looks like gonna fucking die if it's like a five-year program you you generally don't specialize until you're like third year plus how is he supposed to tell just from using a stethoscope and looking at him with his eyes like he's he like, needs yep. to do some tests or something yeah <laughs> So at Lip's dorm, he enters with Liam to discover Amanda has gone to Toys R Us and come back with a playpen and some toys for Liam. And she plops him in the playpen and she's like, all right. And she tries to make a move on Lip. She's like, you've got 15 minutes. Let me give you a blowjob. And he's like, I actually, I have a class to get to. And I, I try not to make it. a I, I have a rule to try not to fucking bang my roommate's girlfriend. And she's like, well, we're not banging. I'm a virgin. And Lip's like, uh, what? I've heard you fuck Ron. I've heard that happen. And she goes, back door only. I'm saving myself for my husband. Uh. <laughs> Lip is such a baddie when he when he says this back to her. He's like, right. And how would your husband feel about you having taken it in the seat like a porn star? And he's like, he's so bad when he says it. Like, he's just so matter of fact about it. He's like, yeah, I'm hot Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, well, then why did you come here before class? She's like, you wanted to see me. She's like, no, he's doing the drop-off. He's doing the Liam drop-off. That's what's happening. Yeah, well, it's also girl, like, even if babysit. you weren't there, like, Liam can't just come to class with him. Yeah. And so she makes a move on him. She goes to take her shirt off. And as her tits are out, Ron walks in. Ron walks in, stops, examines, and goes, excuse me, I just need to get something. And reaches between them and then goes to leave. <laughs> He goes, forgot my book. <laughs> and then Lip's like, oh shit, oh fuck, my roommate just caught me with his girlfriend. And he chases him out. He's like, dude, that wasn't what it looks like. And Ron is like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. 
have her take her she's annoying i don't like her anymore go ahead yeah he's like he's like i started to hear amanda bark orders to me in my sleep best thing about a blowjob from amanda 10 minutes of silence and then he like hits him he hits him like on the shoulder with the book and he's like come on dude don't want to be late for class that like, line is so good the best i love ron so much oh my god the world if ron had just stuck around in lip's life right the show would have just been like i'm the show would have been like emmy <laughs> oscar even though oscars are for movies golden globe like and so, so and so we go back to the probation office fiona meets with her probation officer regina king i don't know the character's name it's just it's regina I don't king remember either <laughs> I literally keep. I literally watched this episode two days ago. Well, and she never uses her name. Yeah, like in a scene with her, she's always just like my probation officer. And then when they're in a scene together, they never refer to each other by name. So it's just like, what the fuck is her name? Like it's Regina King. And so, so true. Regina's like, oh well, here are the new terms of your probation. Do you have a job? And Fiona's like, I have an interview today. And it's an office job, just like my last one. And Regina's like, "Mm mm-hmm, if you need the number for an agency, tell me. And she's like, you're going to your NA meeting? Fiona's like, first one's today. And she has to get things signed off for it. And then she goes, all right, you give me a urine sample and we're done. And Fiona's like, do you want to watch? Or am I going unsupervised this time? It's like, Jesus Christ, Regina. She is not amused. She's done this 25 times today. She's over it. Back at Sheila's, Sammy is setting up a religious altar because she's religious all of a sudden. And like, like Jesus stuff. Well, because she's like, Frank is about to die. Like, better get my brownie points in now. Yeah, right. So Frank wakes up. He's like, what the actual fuck is going on right now? And she's like, do you want me to make you something to eat? Are you comfortable? What do you need, dad? And he's like, oh, fuck you. You're treating me like I'm in hospice. Like, he hates it. <laughs> he hates it. He he's hates like, it. I'm not dying. He's like, take me to the alibi. I've always been comfortable there. It's kind of, it's kind of like as much as I like kind of hate Frank, dying Frank always gets me a little bit. Well, it's also just like Shameless used to have such a great grasp on Frank's alcoholism and like the different layers of it. Like how it's like sometimes he wants to quit and he wants to be better, but also sometimes he's fully accepted that this is just who he is. And sometimes he embraces it. And it's like specifically when we get to Lazarus, that scene with Carl on the on Lake Michigan, it's like they used to just have such like the most amazing like scenes about his alcoholism, and then ends like season eleven. It was like I can't drink alcohol anymore. Yeah, when and it was like, dude, yeah, like better <laughs> in this season, Bill is legitimately putting in the work, and and then for a number of seasons, he phones it in, and you can tell. Yeah, it's really, it's upsetting how, like, good, how good they were. They were, they were so good. He phones it in, but also, like, it's, I mean, the script phones it in, too. Like, some of the lines about it are just stupid later. Yeah, Frank insists that he's not dying, and Sammy's like, okay, well, read this Bible anyway while I go to make you food. And he's over it. He's fucking over it. In detention, Carl is whittling a shiv, which we later find out is for Debbie. um, And a girl in front of him turns around and goes, like, you have to you have to heat it up first. That's the way that you make it sharp. I my dad's in my dad's in jail. I know I know the things. I'm like immediately he's got fucking hard eyes for this girl giving him shiv tips. And the teacher's like, shut up, and Carl's like, bitch. And the girl says, Don't worry, I'll take care of her. And we cut away on after that very vague statement. Well no, because not only does she tell him you have to heat the end of it 
to sharpen it. She's like, then you have to smear it in poop before you use it so it causes infection. Like, so holy casually shit. from, like, a child. And Carl's like, I love you? <laughs> heart eyes. Big cartoon heart eyes from that moment on. Auga. <laughs> <laughs> on the street, Debbie is helping Maddie move some of his band stuff. So now she's his fucking roadie. Uh-huh. Of course. He's learning to play bass for a band his friends started. Okay, Scott Pilgrim. And she asks if he wants to hang out later and watch Twilight Breaking Dawn. Hey, Noel. Oh, was that a little be like, hey? Yeah, she was like, do you want to hate watch Twilight Breaking Dawn? Because it's like, why would she be so specific about it? They did that to her little The specific movie, because there's like five Twilight movies. Was he in Breaking Dawn part Part one or two? Part two. He was in part two. Had part two come out at this point? i don't know i just decided I that it was a that it was a jab at noel i just decided well that. maybe he probably knew he he probably already knew he got the job too yeah. uh but matt says no actually i can't hang out and watch twilight as a 21 year old says to a 13 year old child he has plans he's got a date with the girl that he trained at his pizza delivery job and Debbie's like, ah, ha, ha, that's cool. That's fine. I'm totally cool with that. That everything's fine. That's that's great. I'm totally I'm totally chill about this. She's like, you have dates. I have dates. Yeah, she's like, she's like, we all have dates. Like, I have dates. Like, oh, you dates. have a date? And she's like, yeah. And we go back to detention where the teacher is tripping, tripping. And the and the girl, Carl's like, what did you do to her? And the girl's like, I slipped acid into her coffee. She not just acid, a few tabs of acid. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, uh, like, and you're only supposed to uh, like one, maybe half of one, maybe a quarter of one if it's your first time. Like, and then she introduces herself sick. as Bonnie. Ah, the legend of Bonnie and Carl. And they're like, let's raid her purse. She definitely has some fucking Zoloft in there. Like, okay, Carl, this girl was built for Carl. No, she's like, yeah, she's like, I heard her crying in the bathroom earlier. I bet she's got a shit ton of Zoloft in there. But it's like, Zoloft makes you not cry. <laughs> yeah, the fuck you gonna- Antidepressants like, take away your ability to cry. <laughs> Back at the Gallagher house, Ian is cutting his army camo into slutty shorts for the club. Oh, heartbreak to me because he's giving up on his dream of being in the army. Yeah. Also a look. He's doing it with his boxers on and he's doing it while wearing the pants, babe. Dude, he's such a fucking idiot. Maybe maybe he was like, okay, I'm going to cut it to see how short I want them, and then I will cut it again to make it cleaner. Like, cut it a little longer. Let's not give okay. him that credit. No, because he's an idiot. But it's <laughs> no, like, he's stupid. No, because he's dumb. But, like, when I crop my shirts, I'll, I'll wear it. I'll cut a little hole, like, right below where I want it to be. Then I'll take it off and cut it straight yeah. across. But and, he's an idiot. And while he's doing that in the living room, Mickey comes down to hang out with him. And so, in the softest little voices goes... What are you doing? Like, they're just, he's soft and he's inside and he's just chilling with his man. And there is a knock at the door that Ian answers and it's Svetlana and the newborn baby. She barges through demanding to talk to Mickey and she sends Ian upstairs with just a cold, hard stare. She just stares at him until Ian leaves. (laughs) And Mickey, like, immediately retreats to the kitchen for his coat. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You've come in this house and now I'm leaving this house. Fuck you. And she tells him to come home, that they need money for baby supplies. And she's even recruited one of the girls who can't work because she got third degree burns from falling asleep while using Nair. Ugh. Is that possible? Yeah. And Ugh. I know you said you said they, the robot they use for the scene is both unrealistic. I think it was a real newborn. I don't think that was a robot. I'm pretty sure it was a doll. I think that was a real baby. 
You see so much of that you baby. You can tell by the weight of how they're holding it. Well, because sometimes they have, like, um, just dolls, and sometimes they have dolls that can move. Yeah. But, like, they have the dolls when they're, like, bundled up and you barely see it. Like, she, you see that full-ass baby. Like, I think that was a real baby. No, because remember when Cameron posted that, like, really creepy picture of, like, a robot child that they used or a robot doll or something that they were using for Shameless? And it was, like, it, they stored it, like, in a, it was, like, in a box and he posted a picture of it and we were all, like, what the F is that? Oh, Do you oh. remember that in season? No, I don't they remember that. Season 11? They were filming season 11 and Cameron posted a picture of, like, an, ana- like, I think it was an animatronic or a robot or some some sort of doll. Oh, no, Leah, I think this using. is a real, that's a real ass baby. You think that's a real baby? No, that's a, a real baby, baby right there. Yeah. I is think it's a real is newborn. It, is it in the credits? Probably not, but I think that's a real <laughs> yeah. newborn. Wouldn't they have to credit it then? <laughs> yeah, I no, know. The baby, yeah, no, the baby's eyes are open. No, but they literally. And then his eyes were shut two seconds ago. Yeah, but his they... arms are like. They make dolls that do that. I feel no, like. but no. That's he looks too realistic though. I've seen an the not a babies in TV shows, and like you can also t- tell by the way they're holding it, like by if there's like no if they're ge- if they're being actually like, yeah, she's like actually being careful with this baby. Like if when they're always bundled up, you can tell they're like barely holding anything because they're like masking. There's a lot of weight in their hand. She is so consciously holding this whole baby's head in her hand, like she's so consciously doing that. They do do a callback to the scene, and I think they purposely made us be able to see the baby for like what ian says to like yeah. mandy later obviously well, but yeah like, because think, you uh, can see that he's only in a onesie mm-hmm. yeah wait i'm looking at um <laughs> i love this debate <laughs> no because i'm like I'm no because i'm like because there are times when i can tell that's a fucking robot but then there's times when i'm like that's a baby well it's not credited like, like, there's no baby credited. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's like, yeah, it's a fucking newborn. You, you shouldn't have um, to credit it. But I'm like, you would think that they would, right? The casting director for this episode <laughs> and be like, hey, bitch, hey, do you remember in maybe 2013 when you had to cast this baby? I will. I'll call it Eaton Frankel myself. I'll be like, I'll call Mark Milo myself. I'll be like, hey, girl. No, because Mark Mark Mylid would remember. We're 45 minutes into this record. We're on page four of 12. We got to move. <laughs> so he tells her he doesn't want someone, he doesn't want to pay someone to babysit. And she's like, well, you could watch him. And he says, no, he has better shit to do. And Isadora and Noel have some intense scenes in season four. And I love it so fucking much. They go literally nose to nose. They are standing nose to nose with each other. This episode specifically... She's like, oh, what, is Orange Boy your better shit? And she's like, well, what if I tell Daddy about that? And she's like, she needs money by tomorrow. And Mickey is, like, hiding behind his anger and overconfidence. But, like, he is shaking. He, like, his little bunny teeth and he, like, bites his bottom lip. Like, he is (laughs) shaking. And she says, oh, if, if she tells Terry about it, she's like, he will chop off your dick and shove it up boyfriend's ass right where you like it. Babe, you think he's a top? No. I think with how evil and mean he is, he could. I feel like outside people would be like, yeah, of course he's the top. He's like the more quote unquote masculine one. But it's like, no girl. But like, and then she goes to leave and she goes, she goes to leave and she says, do you even want to know his name? And he goes, fuck you. That's his name. And she leaves and he like kicks over a chair. He's like, oh. At Fiona's interview, all seems to be going great. The company sells plastic covers for furniture. um, So I'm sure Sheila is a big client. (laughs) 
And the woman, she's like, you know what? Take one home. Try it out. You have to know what you're selling. So, like, it seems like this interview is going great. And she's like, and before we, like, go on with this whole process, there's, like, just one little box you forgot to tick off on your application. It's like, have you ever been convicted of a felony? We just have to cross all our T's and dot all our I's. And Fiona's like, uh-huh. And she checks yes. And suddenly she's not a good candidate for the job anymore. Suddenly. Yeah. Well, because she was saying, like, when you get hired, when this, when that. And then she's like, we'll be in touch. Yeah. She opens it back to that page. And she's like, oh, that's not the answer we want. Yeah. Fiona's like, it was a small drug thing. It's the only time I've ever been in trouble with the law. And the woman's like, no, you've lost this. You've lost this job. Yeah. Well, it's also like she doesn't have to disclose how long ago. Yeah. Was, so she, right? Her saying it was a drug thing probably did her worse than anything. But, like, her job would have to know that she was on parole. Like, they would have to know. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not yeah, t- yeah. disqualifying that. But, like, also, like, how soon it was or what the incident was for. I feel like she didn't need to disclose it. Once they hire her and she informs them that she's on parole, like, at that very moment, I don't... Can't they, like, not fire her? Because that's discriminatory. Yeah, if they find out after they hire you, they can't fire you for it. They can find some other bullshit reason to fire you. Oh, so then she'd yeah. be on, like, thin fucking ice. Yeah. So at Sheila's, Sammy is making some good old comfort food. She puts it in a blender for Frank to eat. Ugh. And nasty, nasty. she goes upstairs to find the Bible that she had left on Frank's chest on fire on the floor. <laughs> and Frank is not in bed. Also, I think they might be in Karen's room because suddenly that bed looks like a twin and not like Sheila's massive bed. I think you're right. Yeah. I feel like probably um, Sammy and Chucky probably took Sheila's bed. Maybe they sold Sheila's bed. Well, not only did they sell like everything in the house, but it was also like when they moved Karen out of the house to move to Arizona, they took all of her stuff out of there. So that room was probably just empty. Yeah. So she rushes outside. She finds Frank crawling, struggling to open the front gate, trying to get to the alibi. It looks like a zombie. It is so pathetic. And it's so cold outside and he's in just a t-shirt. Yeah. Back at college, Lip returns to his dorm where Amanda is playing with Liam. And he sits her down and tries to tell her, look, I don't want a relationship right now. And she's like, yeah, no, me fucking either, dude. I don't want a boyfriend. And he's like, but you you replaced Ron's name with my name on the mini fridge and you're, and you're acting all girlfriendy. And she's like, yeah, well, my services don't come for free. I want you to pretend to be my boyfriend for parents weekend, wear that shirt with all the fucks on it, and scare the ever-loving shit out of my parents for me. Okay, I always didn't like the way she, like, came off about that. Like, he didn't ask for her to do all those things exactly. Like, there's no reason she now, like, it is nice of him to still do something in return for her, but she's like, it's not for free. Well, like, I feel like he would have done it even... I feel like he would have done it anyway. And, I mean, it's it's a good deal yeah, for know, him. he would have done he it gets anyway. stuff and free childcare and blowjobs. Oh, yeah. And he just has to be himself around some yuppie parents. I'm not saying it's yeah. not a sick-ass deal, but when she's like, it doesn't come for free. And I was like, he obviously didn't assume that, but why approach it that way? You can just be like, hey... Scratch, uh, like, because she was like, oh, do you know the term quid pro quo? Like, why quid pro quo? And he's <laughs> like, like mine and I'll like yours, right? Yeah. And she, uh, he even suggests, he's like, how about we tell them Liam's mine? Like, he's in. The only problem I had with this, like, in terms of like morale, well, whatever, is I was just like, yeah, Amanda, it sucks that your parents forced you to live up to a standard, expected you to perform. But you're gonna like punish them for that? Yeah. I mean, like, 
She's breaking free however she can, I guess. She's having her True. rebellion phase. Well, because she's not actually rebelling. Because she does... She's not actually rebelling. Because she does continue to go to school there and do everything she's supposed to be doing so it's just like but she's just like i need my parents to know that i'm not going to go to med school and it's like well yeah you don't have to go to med school but they like want you to be successful yeah (laughs) and you still want to be successful so i don't know but you know who is not being successful fiona after a full day of failed interviews she runs to the train station to catch her train but there's a maintenance issue with the train and she's like i only have 20 fucking minutes to get home And so she runs downstairs, tries to catch a bus, misses it, hops into a parked cab. And the guy's like, I'm off duty. She's like, I'm not getting out of this fucking cab. And she's like, I have $12. Take me as far as it'll take me. And I just have one question for Miss Girl. Um, You worked an office job for a while. I assume you commuted to that office job. You didn't throw your heels in your purse and wear some fucking sneakers on the train? Oh. Yeah, like ever. No, remember she had a company card towards the end of it. But also, like, that's tried and true. Why are you wearing heels? No, she did used to wear those weird nurse shoes to work. I think just, like, heels were an interview thing. But the guy, isn't the guy playing the cab driver from Schitt's Creek? He's he's Ray in Schitt's Creek? Is he? I don't think so. I don't I'm think sure. so. I'm not sure. So, yeah, she hops into the park cab, and they speed out of there as far as $12 will take them. At the alibi, Mickey walks in and he asks to talk to Kev. And Kev's like, hey, here's a shot and congratulations. And Mickey's like, for fucking what? Kev's like, the <laughs> He's like, birth of your child? The birth of your child. And Mickey doesn't care. And he tells him, he's like, well, your wife's upstairs. And Mickey's like, I don't fucking care where my wife is. And Tommy starts talking about Svetlana's tits because she's got great tits. And Kev's like, he doesn't want to hear how you went balls deep in his wife's tits. And Mickey's like, shut the fuck up. I need my cut for the rub and tug and he counts it out and it's like not enough and kev says he charged rent and utilities and took more from the cut than they were supposed to and mickey's like well i need five hundred dollars and kev says i don't have five hundred dollars and mickey's like you're the worst fucking pimp i've ever seen and kev goes is that supposed to be some kind of insult <laughs> yeah i like turns to tommy because mickey already left he's like long gone but he turns to tommy he's like is that supposed to be some kind of insult? <laughs> well, yeah, you're the worst fucking pimp he's ever seen. At the Milkovich house, Ian knocks on the front door and is let in by Ke- by Kenyatta. And he goes, Boo. yeah, he goes to Mandy in the kitchen and tells her about Svetlana coming over. And she's like, he brought the baby to the house in a, in a onesie. So here's a bunch of Liam's old baby clothes. Can you make sure that he's all bundled up and, and warm in the winter? And we find out Svetlana's age, she's a twenty she's twenty years old. Yeah, she was like, I don't know, he's being cared for by a twenty year old Russian whore. Isadora is certainly older than twenty. And she's like Well, so is Noel, so it's like if you believe Mickey's nineteen and Svetlana's twenty, they both look the same age. So it's like okay, I guess I can suspend my belief for two seconds. (laughs) And Mandy, like, quietly she looks over at Kenyatta and then looks to Ian and goes have you have you heard from Lip? How's Lip doing? Is Lip around? And like the way that he's that she's asking it, like constantly checking to make sure Kenyatta isn't hearing her ask it. Red flags. Red flags. Back in the cab, the driver stops ten blocks from Fiona's house, and she's like, "The meter's at eleven dollars." And the guy's like, "Tip." And no, because he deserved that tip. Yeah. So she slams the money on the seat, gets out of the car, takes off her heels, and starts running on the freezing pavement toward home. Again, I say, where the fuck are your sneakers? Every time I watch that scene, I, like, I get cold. Her toes. 
You can tell a man wrote this episode because a woman would have been wearing sneakers. (laughs) Outside the fairy tale, Mickey is smoking a cigarette. Also, the fairy tale looks fucking grimy. Mickey's smoking a cigarette. He spots Ian walking in for his shift and gets Ian's attention. He's like, I've been looking for you all day. Where have you been? I went to your house. You weren't there. And Ian just doesn't answer him. He's like, you got money? And he's like, a couple dollars. And Mickey says that he needs the money for Svetlana. Great moment. A car pulls up. He's like, how you boys doing? And Mickey's like, we look like we're for sale to you. And the guy's like, yeah, you're on the street. No, he's like, he's like, you're outside, you're outside a bar called the fairy tale in boys town. Yes. <laughs> well, this ain't Macy's bitch. You ain't window shopping. Excellent. He like, throw, he like throws a bottle at his car. He's like, why don't you fuck off? Oh, he goes, why don't you fuck off before I give you a broken spine to go with that limp wrist? And he throws a bottle at him. Mickey's got some and good he just, lines tr- like He just that. turns around and Ian's like, another Tuesday. <laughs> Mickey's literally has, I mean, Ian's back has literally turned to him the entire time. He's like, I gotta go. He's also like, I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> he asks Ian if rich guys do stuff like that often. And Ian's like, yeah, every night. Someone tries to buy me every night, which... Okay, let's unpack that later. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives Mickey an idea. He's like, you know what? Um, go inside, tell your boss you're sick. You can't work tonight. Mickey's like, and Ian's like, sick? Mickey's like, yeah, whatever. T- tell him you got AIDS. <laughs> the way that that line is delivered is what makes it funny. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like, yeah, tell him you got AIDS. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a weird mix between he's been thinking about that all day. Yeah. Like he's like he's like, "Oh, here's what I'm going to say." And also like, I just came up with this off the top of the dome. I love how much we like we're cutting back to other characters doing things. We cut back to Fiona running. We go to other characters doing things. We go back to Fiona running. <laughs> so we just really need like like time skips. They're like they're like we are putting these other scenes in simply so that we can act like we're skipping time. Yeah. So we go back to Fiona. She's booking it down the frozen sidewalk like her fucking life depends on it. She rounds the corner to their street. And as she and her um, foot, her alarm starts to go off when she's a couple houses away and she gets almost to the Gallagher gate. She slips and falls and drags herself through the gate and just sticks her foot over the perimeter and to get herself home. It looks fucking painful. Yeah. That fall, that fall looks gnarly. I felt like that roller skating the other day. I was like, I can, I can imagine how that felt on her tailbone. That had to be a stunt, a stunt person. I didn't look to see if like the face was in the shot. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you Emmy was like, oh fuck no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Legally, I don't think she's even allowed to. She wiggles herself over the line. And once her, her monitor starts, stops going off, she just kind of lays down on the sidewalk defeated she's like oh fuck so she goes inside and sits on the couch and starts warming her feet with her hands explaining to lip that the l broke down and it's like uh-huh cool you got a job and she's like uh yeah i got i got some leads it's 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 looking good things are good and she asks about school and he's like there's complicated roommate stuff but his check came in and she's like don't use that for the bills i'm gonna get a job use that check for tuition very overconfident very faking it yeah, she's, like, smiling at him while cradling her frozen feet. Yeah. And it's like, girl, you are you don't look very trustworthy right now. And then from the kitchen, Mandy calls out that dinner's ready. And Fiona's like, uh, Mandy Milkovich is here? And Lip's like, she came by looking for Ian. I told her he won't be home for hours. She decided to stay anyway. And Fiona's like, mm-hmm. All right. Be careful with that. That shit's she gonna like, get you messed up. She was like, he works the night shift. And he's like, told, told her, her that. that. He won't be home for hours. Told, told her, her that. Told her that. <laughs> 
And so he goes into the kitchen and asks Mandy if she's seen Ian recently. And she's like, yeah, he came by the house earlier today with baby clothes. And he's like, yeah, you notice if he's fucking weird recently? And she's like, well, I don't know what he's on, but I think he's fine. And they're like, they're kind of sweet. They're like working around each other in the kitchen. And Debbie comes down for dinner. Also, in contrast to the like, all of all, all the lighting on the show at nighttime in the winter, it is so dark in this house. It's so dark oh in this God, house. It's, it's kind of warm. It's kind of warm though. Like all the light is like, like skews. It skews very yellow. It feels kind of homey sometimes in the Gallagher kitchen. It's it's yellow, but in the darkest way it could be. Yeah, like a mustard. Yeah. <laughs> and so Debbie comes in for dinner, and Mandy's like, "Are you texting Maddie?" She's like, "No, I'm deleting all his pictures. He's got a new girlfriend." And Carl comes in. He's like, "How do you know if you're in love?" Like he's just got little cartoon birds flying around his head. He's so cute. And Debbie's like, you know you're in love when you want to rip someone's heart out and stomp on it till it's soup. And Mandy's like, "Uh, okay, what's happening here? And she's like, I feel bad for Maddie's new girl because she doesn't know that she messed with Debbie Gallagher. And like, she's like putting her, she's like putting food like from the serving onto like Debbie's plate. Like she's making her plate for her. And I'm like, aw, like she's being so big sister. She's being so big sister. You can tell Mandy wanted a little sister. I mean, she had Molly for, like, half a second, but yeah. not even. She didn't give a and- shit about Molly. Well, yeah, she treated Molly like shit. <laughs> and then we go to a fancy hotel that's hosting an attorney's conference. I think it's a thousand percent the hotel that later on in later seasons, Debbie meets that, that mom Debbie goes to, it's, it's one million percent probably the same place. The bar is too, it's the bar. It's the same exact bar. Yeah. At the fancy hotel, it's hosting an attorney's conference. Ian makes eye contact with an older man from across the bar. And he goes up to the man. Again, Cam is really good at going dead behind the eyes for Ian and some of these. He goes up to the bar and invites the man up to his room. And the guy's like, you don't beat around the bush. And Ian's like, I know what I want. Do you? And walks away. He's literally so straight faced. It's kind of scary. No, it's intimidating. Full Jerome. Back at the house, V is pouring Fiona a drink. And Fiona's like, only pour one. I have to get up early for more interviews. And V's like, fuck you. You're drinking for both of us. I got shit going on too. And she's like, um, I'm going to have a vodka in my hand while the doctor still has his hand in my cooter. Like, <laughs> And then she yeah. says it like, my hoo-ha. Yeah, she's like, she's like I'm going to be down to my first vodka before the doctor even pulls her hand out of my hoo-ha. <laughs> I love the way she says it. And I really like, there's this soft little moment where Fiona and V are going like different directions in the kitchen and V like strokes Fiona's face and Fiona strokes V's belly. It was like such a little best friend touch. It's so cute. She should have been the third in their relationship. Yep. I'll stand by it. And Fiona says she'll be at the at the birth as long as it is uh, during business hours. She almost missed her curfew today. And then she tells V, I lied to Lip about job hunting the only job i could find was at the at a burger place and it was the night shift so i couldn't even take it and v's like why don't you go back to the cuppers v why is that a good idea the last place you need to go to homegirl yeah and v says she finds it unlikely because they fired her for misconduct or fiona says that and then v says well maybe you can ask them to file it as a downsizing so you can collect unemployment and fiona's like no that's like a last resort in fiona's mind she can't do it not even just that she thinks it's unlikely. She's like, I cannot bring myself to go back there. Yeah. And so V's like, well, what about Gallagher Daycare? Which, babe, I think she has to have a legitimate job for for her uh, parole. Yeah, to get signed off on that. And they hear, then they hear Liam crying from upstairs. Fiona's like, ah, Liam, and goes to run up to get him. But Lips already got him. 
Let's swaddle him. He's already got him. Damn, it's just so many of those scenes of her going to go find Liam and Lips already one He's fucking already step of ahead of her. Ooh, that must hurt. That must sting so it's much It's like it must her. hurt her because she's like, he's being better than I am. But also yeah. Lip is just like, it hurts him too because he's like, I can't trust her mm-hmm. to take care of him. Yeah, he doesn't want to be doing this. And then we go outside of Slice of Heaven Pizza. Debbie calls the store, and when a girl picks up, she goes, skank! And the girl just pauses <laughs> and goes, you looking for Angie? Call back. <laughs> Angie Zago? And the girl's like, uh, Debbie's like, uh, no, no, Seema? No, she goes, uh, the new girl. And she goes, oh, Seema. She just came in from one of her runs. Let me get her for you. Like, yeah, he just like, hands the like, phone Seema to phone. her. <laughs> yeah. She goes, skank. Gank. Also, what fucking pizza place is hiring a young girl to do deliveries? I don't know any goddamn pizza place that will hi- even hire women to do deliveries. Oh, I thought she was like 21. I know, but like even like the pizza place I worked for, they exclusively hired male delivery drivers because women, you know, because get attacked. Safety. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. I never knew that. I don't know. I guess maybe they, I don't know. Maybe they have her only going to like, well, because she's new. I mean, it's also the South Side and nobody fucking cares. Yeah, true. It's Chicago. It's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> but uh, the girl hands the phone off to Seema and Debbie just says, you don't know who you messed with, skank. Babe. Okay. <laughs> like, and okay, then girl. in a fancy hotel room, Ian and this man he picked up in the bar are undressing to fuck. And he's like, do you like it rough? And Ian says, whatever you're into. He's so dead behind the eyes. And the guy goes to pin Ian. I've always pictured the way that Cam's face is when he gets shoved into the bed. He is numb. He is not there. It's so crazy. The sound of, like, the skin contact. It's, like, ugh. Just, like, the... It's, it's just so much more sad to me because I'm, like, oh, and Mickey forced him to do this. Yeah. Or not forced him, but, like, you know, asked him to do this for him. He's he totally slipping back into a place because he's... the fact that it's totally traumatizing. Yeah, Ian has definitely done this, too. And so in the fancy hotel room, the guy pushes Ian down on the bed. And then as they get on the bed, Mickey Mickey pops out of the closet, taking pictures of this guy and Ian in bed. And he punches the guy in the face to get him off Ian. And Ian starts to redress himself. And Mickey's like, we're going to take your money. We're going to take your watch. We're going to take your shit. And uh, the guy's like, I'm going to call the police. And Mickey's like, oh, yeah, well, then we're going to tell your wife and child about the fucking picture I just took. He was like, what do you think little Susie and Samantha would think about this? And he's like, who? And he, like, holds up the guy's phone with, like, a lock screen of, like, a woman and child. He's like, whatever their fucking names are. Ian says, are you really going to out him? And Mickey says, well, maybe if he makes me. If that's his fault for living a lie, isn't it? And okay, Mr. Lavender. (laughs) Like, goddamn. Like, you're going to be the one to say that? Jesus and Christ. this guy, the balls on this guy, he's like, well, if, if you're going to rob me, the least you can do is have the twink suck me off. And, oh, that activates Mickey. He goes, that's all you think he is? Some twink? And the guy's like, he gave me blue balls. And he's like, oh, did he? And knees him in the balls. And he goes, now they're black and blue balls. That line is so good. He was bad as hell for that one. He was like was off the top bad. of the dome, just came up with it. <laughs> it's so sexy. I've definitely written a fic of of noel like of of mickey like comforting ian after that line so on the l debbie is following seema home from work and at their stop debbie gets caught in the crowd also if seema's a delivery driver why isn't she driving home from work i, I feel like it's that a too. i feel like it's a not like a company car but like a restaurant Maybe. car oh yeah there's like a, a that's like a thing car. i think 
Yeah. So Debbie's following her home from work and at their stop, Debbie gets like caught up in the crowd, but she catches Seema just to hear her take a call from Matt. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll go on another date with you. And then so- she's like, hey, Matt. And I'm like, oh, so we know who she's talking to. <laughs> Dude, the way she, the way she talks to him on that phone call too. She's like, yeah, sure. I'd love to see you again. <laughs> The next morning, a taxi pulls up outside of Sheila's house, and we focus on her little pink boots. Sheila's home, babe. Her little jacket and her little hat. She is home from her trip. She walks into her house to find Chucky helping himself to a bowl of something. And she walks in, and he's like, what are you doing here? That was a perfect impression. (laughs) That was exactly what he sounded like, for real. And she's just like, she goes, what happened to my house? What are you doing here? (laughs) And, and, and the way she's like, where's your mom? And she's like, she went out to get diapers for, for Grandpa Frank. She's like, Frank's here? And she drops her bag and runs upstairs. Well, she's like, she's like, Frank's here? Where is he? And Chucky just points upstairs. <laughs> he just goes, he, he's, he literally just. <laughs> <laughs> Useless little plot device. At the Gallagher house, Lip is making banana pancakes for Liam. He's like, hey, I'm making banana pancakes. And Mickey goes down. And he's like, oh, I love banana pancakes. <laughs> and thus Liv is fucking fed up he's like I've had it with this bitch he's like is that my shirt and now every fucking fic of Ian and Mickey he's jello and banana pancakes are all that motherfucker eats like that's sick and twisted right yeah I hate jello literally if you eat that all the time two mushy foods like does this (laughs) man wear dentures oh he's he's a baby Because he mentioned once in Juvie that a guy was eating his Jello and he likes banana pancakes. So that's it. It's in every fic forever. Well, it's like the je- the Jello thing. It's like, yeah, he's in prison. That's all. He, that's all he give you gets. Like, yeah, it's what he's given. Yeah. And so Mickey is wearing this polo shirt. And Lips like, is that my fucking shirt? And Mickey's like, yeah, I didn't bring a change of clothes. Sorry about that. He looks <laughs> stupid in it. Well, just because it just doesn't. It's that striped. Like shirt, he looks right? good. It fits him well, but it's like. He just looks that's lip shirt. He looks dumb and preppy. <laughs> yeah. And Mickey and Ian's like, oh yeah, or Lip says, Oh yeah, why don't you uh make yourself comfortable? And Mickey's Mickey slaps down some money on the counter. He's like, This should more than cover the fucking bisquick, dude. And he's he's and Lip comes around and grabs the money while he continues talking too. I love that. Well, he's like, Hope you're happy about taking food out of my baby's mouth. And Lip goes, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. how is your kid? And Mickey goes, Fuck should I know? and then ian comes downstairs he's gonna go for a run and he needs to find his hat and lips like oh really no and uh ian invites him on the run and lips like no i prefer carcinogens to endorphins and then at some point when ian is talking to lip in this scene mickey disappears from the kitchen table like they just did they did a take where they were like oh no you can rest like you we don't you don't have to sit there and then that's the one they used and he's just like he just disappears like mid shot too not like not like mid shot but like mid take like they're cutting back from a shot of ian and he's just fucking gone and it's like okay (laughs) and so lip asks ian are you gonna re-enroll in high school and ian just ignores him while he babbles on about gaming and video games and making money off of video games and he's like you sure you don't want to go on a run with me i'm doing eight miles and lip's like yeah no and ian leaves and i love this camera shot ian leaves and we join mickey back at the table and you see lip like turn around to look at mickey and mickey fully turns away he's like no i'm aware there's some shit going on i just don't want to look at you and i don't want to talk about this they're just too proud to talk to each other because mickey's like not only do i not want to admit that i'm intimate with him 
I don't like you specifically, Lip. And Lip's yeah. like, I don't want to talk to Mickey because I hate him and I don't think he's good for Ian. And it's just like, they both weren't too proud to talk to each other. Like, they both separately see that some shit is going on with him. Like, Mickey's sitting there counting his money, but, like, Noel's face does all the work. He's like, no, I know. even seven years later. Well, and it's like, he, he, Mickey just barely turns around, like, after Lip. So it's like, Lip sees that Mickey was staring. Yeah. Like, he knows. Uh, Idiots just talk to each other. In the boys' room, Debbie finds Carl. Debbie fills Carl in on Seema, saying that Maddie only likes her because she's older. And Carl's, and she's like, "Why do guys care so much about sex?" And he's like, "Cause it feels awesome." And he's like, "If I, if it's, if it's anything like how my hand feels, it's amazing." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah," uh. she's like, "How would you know?" Fucking virgin. And he keeps like he's like searching through the room for something, and he looks through his like chest of things, and she's like, "What the fuck are you looking for?" And he's like, I need to get back into detention. And he pulls out a bottle of spray paint. She's like, why? Doesn't he say, like, true love or something? Yeah, he's like, true love, sis. And then he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> we go outside. Fiona's talking to one of their neighbors. And she asks the neighbor about the, the slaughterhouse that she works at. And she's like, any deaths or dismissals? And the girl's like, no, sorry. Fiona's like, did anybody die? I, I'll take their job. Well, it's like Fiona used to work sewer cleanup. Like, she's yeah. down for More the dirty. More than qualified at this point. Yeah. And the neighbor's like, no, sorry, I actually have to drop my son off at daycare. And Fiona's like, well, actually, I was thinking about opening Gallagher daycare again. My rate's way cheaper than the other daycare. And the woman, like, very kindly tries to brush her off. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's actually, we got them all set up. Everything's fine. And then Fiona, she's, like, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And the woman's like, it was drugs. It was drugs, Fiona. So, no. Oh, yeah, she goes, how's your drug thing? And Fiona's like, I don't have a drug problem. Like, it was a, it was a one-time thing, like, whatever. And the neighbor's like, sorry, like, I just can't. I yeah, can't and then Fiona you. points out, you left him with me for an entire weekend once while you were up in the in a cabin with a needle in your arm. And the woman's like, yeah. yeah. And she just gets in her car. It's like, it's like, yeah, she did heroin, but she specifically left her kid with someone else. Yes, Somebody she did. where there wasn't heroin in the house, you know? Well, because this was pre-Fiona having, drug, like, a lot of drugs in the house. But it's like, yeah, she specifically left her kid with someone that she thought was drug-free so she could go do heroin. And it's like, is that any better, girl? Yeah. Like, like yes, it's it not, is, because no kids got hurt. But, like, is it? It's not good to do heroin. There's no responsible way to do heroin. But securing childcare before you know you're going to be zonked off your mind, that's eh, pretty smart. Right, like kind of a decent move. At Sheila's house, she is watching over Frank while he sleeps. And she tries to wake him up, but boy, he's dying, so he's out cold. But she starts, I love this, she starts monologuing at him anyway. And we just get all the exposition, all the backstory about what happened with Roger Running Tree. And like, she's like acting like he's responding actively with her talking. (laughs) And... Roger had anger issues. He's on the run from the feds. He also, he has Native American blood, but he has less Native American blood than even Sheila does. He's mostly Mexican. She's like, oh, but the kids, Frank, the kids. Roger and I were going to get married and adopt them before he showed his true colors. And she's Because he was cashing in on, like, indigenous checks or, like... Reparations, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he was collecting false reparations. But yeah, she's like, she's like, before he showed his true colors... Which are evidently brown and not red. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like she was sick for that one. And she's like, we really, really wanted to adopt these kids. And Frank, I still want to adopt these kids. And 
all I need is a marriage license. So she proposes to an unconscious dying man. Like, what? Like, how does that? No, yeah. that's not how it works. Well, he didn't say no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say anything at all. I feel, like, I feel like later she asks him again when he's awake and he does somewhat. Agree. I mean, this would also be good for him because he would be on her insurance. Like, this is a win-win. Oh, yeah, I forgot she had insurance. Oh, because yeah. later for his, like, for his, like, surgery aftercare and stuff, that is part of season five. They do mention it, I think. And then we go to Lip's dorm. Amanda has let herself in. And she asks Lip for updates on his schoolwork. And she starts reciting his schedule back to him. And he's like, yeah, I noticed. And then the camera pans out to an enormous printed hour by hour schedule she put now, on his wall. this is comedy. Grow up and scream <laughs> if someone did that to me. Also, she made it look so ugly. Every hour of the day. No way, Jose. It's scheduled in five minute intervals. Five minute intervals and pre-scheduled his bathroom breaks. It is no. so funny. Like My bladder the, ain't cut out The reveal of it is so funny because it's like a little bit of Amanda, a little bit of Lip. And he's like, oh, yeah, I noticed. And then the camera pans out to the wall. And Dude, it's like, Mark this Tyler, is so fucking funny. He's fucking brilliant. He's so funny. But like in the driest way because, you know, he's British. So it's like yeah. Succession has shit like this, like where he'll do like a reveal just like that. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> the execution on this is like fucking amazing. And then he's like, he's annoyed by it. And then she goes, oh, yeah, I synced it to your new phone. And she pulls out an iPhone and hands it to him. And that kind of shuts him up. He's like, you got me a new phone? She's like, yeah. And he goes, thank thank you. <laughs> I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird that he so readily accepted it. Because remember when Jimmy Steve gave that phone to Fiona and... She was like, and they had been dating for like months and months. And she was like, she was like, no. And she tried to give it back to him. And she was like, I'll pay you back for it. And it's like, well, here's Lip, the thing. Lip's just like, thanks. The difference mm. between Fiona and Lip is Lip ain't too proud to beg. Lip ain't too proud. And Lip is a, <sighs> Lip is a boy and Fiona is a girl. And it's not Amanda's money. It's her parents' money. So Lip's like, let's fucking fuck your parents up more. Give it to me. <laughs> Jimmy Steve had illegal endless money from car stealing. So That's true. But Fiona thought he was a well-class businessman that was treating her a little too well. But Lip, he, he still tries to – he takes the phone. He takes the phone and he tries to draw the line at the schedule. He's like, I, I really don't want my dumps, like, pre-scheduled. <laughs> I can't structure my life like this. And she's like, yeah, and – and that's why I'm doing it for you. He's like, well, I'm a kind of fly by the seat of my pants kind of guy. And she's like, yeah. Do you notice the situation you're in? I can help you. <laughs> she literally looks up at him and goes, and how's that been working out for you? And that just fucking shuts him up. He's got no reply. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, okay. And he just sits back down. And like, yeah, he sits down and gets back to work. And he's like, how about a blowjob break? She's like, blowjob break is in 45 minutes. <laughs> On. She put a little heart next to it on the wall. It was like, mm -hmm. heart. Outside the Gallagher house, Kenyatta catches Mickey and asks if Mandy's in there. And he tells Mickey Mandy lied about where she was last night because he called the house and no one answered. And then he called Mandy's cell and she said she was at the house. And Mickey doesn't deny that she was here. And he goes, she would lip. And Mickey goes, put two and two together there, huh? Right. Like he never mm -hmm. fully confirms it, but he's he doesn't deny it either. Like he's just like, are you going to figure it out yourself, big guy? And Mick Kenyatta asks where Lip is, and Mickey says he's at college, and Kenyatta just kind of doesn't answer him. And he's like, it's it's a big place, lots of buildings. People go there to learn. <laughs> People go there to learn. And Mickey tells him, like, where it is. And as Kenyatta walks away, Mickey yells at him, you know, if you plan on beating up every guy that Manny's been with, your arms are going to get fucking tired. Okay, in this scene, 
Kenyatta Kenyatta's like where and Mickey just says West Maxwell but I knew Lip went to like Chicago Polytechnic which is a fake university but I looked it up because I was unsure if he was naming a different college to somewhat cover for Lip no that's the address yeah that's totally the address yeah it's a street yeah it's a street name but also they never established that like that's where the university was so I was like is mm-hmm. he covering for him it's just the university's like 2 hours away <laughs> no it's it's just a street name it's pretty local but it's like he's just being fucking honest with him yeah he goes to school in west maxwell like and i love little scenes like this are like oh yeah noel's a main cast member and we can just do scenes of him with other characters now he can tell characters information that they do not know because he <laughs> knows he is in the know on their life At the school, we pan down the hallway as Carl finishes up spray painting. Principal Ramirez is Carl Gallagher's bitch in spray paint on all of the lockers. And he spelled principal right, but Gallagher wrong. Because the, the, I love that the principal isn't even mad. She walks up to him and she's like, what are you doing here? He's like stating the obvious. She went, all right, well, two more weeks of detention. Did you notice you spelled your last name wrong? It's just, it's the most chill, like, disciplining. She's like, okay, well, you've done this, and now you get detention. Exactly what he wanted. At Sheila's house, she's calling the, she's wearing her old wedding dress, calling the local bridal shop. She wants to get her original wedding dress taken in, as she has lost a considerable amount of weight since she was first married to Eddie. She, so I guess she was a bigger person when she got married to Eddie. Lena, I love this note, great sight gag, also reminds me of her dress from in and out I mean, it like they're kind. They're not really that similar, but they're a little similar. Just like both very eighties, nineties. I just but... live for an In and Out reference. I fucking love that movie. Well, and then In and Out, the whole reason that she got engaged, to, or like she, you know, is the whole, her whole thing about a her as a character is that she recently lost a ton of weight. Yeah, and so she's still kind of like insecure about herself like that, and it's like, oh, that's like kind of the same joke, y'all. If you've never watched In and Out, go watch In and Out. It's not perfect, but it's a great '90s gay movie. It's really good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my god, it's excellent. It's it's good. I had to watch it for my film class like a year ago. I think the guy that voices one of the characters from Road to El Dorado is the main character in it. Um, oh, it's Kevin Klein. Inc- Kevin Klein. It's incredible. So Sammy. <laughs> Sammy walks in to Sheila's house of with Sheila in the wedding dress and the she's call she's on the phone with the bridal shop. Sammy walks in and Sheila hangs up and Sammy's like, I can explain about the house being for sale and the furniture being gone and I can explain all of the things. And Sheila's like, How do you look in lilac? <laughs> she's like, I want you to be my maid of honor. And Sammy's like, You're your maid of honor? Like, no one's ever been as cracked as Sheila is in this moment. Sammy's just rolling with it. <laughs> No, no, because Sammy's matching her energy. She's like, she's like, I already booked the church. Like, we're getting married. Blah, blah, blah. And Sammy's like, she's like, I'm gonna be your new mom. And Sammy's like, Oh my god, <laughs> you're gonna be my new mom. Like, in like, where Fiona or one of the Gallagher's would be looking at her, like, Oh, you're batshit crazy. Sammy's like, Cool, let's do it. That's why I've been married. What did she say? I've been married three times and engaged twelve. And then Chucky runs downstairs because Frank ain't breathing. Chucky is the deliverer of information in this episode. I fucking love him. He's just around. Frank is not breathing. Sammy and Sheila rush upstairs and Sheila almost trips over her oversized wedding dress because she's like, no, he cannot die before I marry him. I need this marriage license for the fucking adoption papers. And they try to wake him up and Sammy finds a pulse and has Sheila call 911. 
Back at the alibi, Mickey is drinking and smoking as patrons exit the rub and tug. The guy leaves and Mickey goes, yeah, come again. Come again. (laughs) And Svetlana comes down and she's like Clorox wiping or baby wiping her one hand. And she tells him the baby's name. It's Yevgeny. And he's like, well, that's a stupid fucking name. She says it was her father's name. He's like, oh, yeah, the guy who sold you to a pimp for $300. And she's like, he had good qualities, too. Oh, no, he goes, the guy who sold you to a pimp for $200. And she goes, it was 300 and he had good qualities, too. And Mickey gives her the money that he and Ian took from the rich guy and says that they're even. And she takes it and says, come home. And he tries to leave and she grabs him. And he, like, grabs her by the wrist. And again, they get nose to nose with each other. Isadora and Noel just matching energy. And he says, you breathe a fucking word about what you think you know, and I promise your kid's going to be an orphan. Ooh. That line. What a line. That line fucks me up. Because, like, your kid's going to be an orphan because he knows Terry is going to murder him, but not before he gets to Svetlana. The wordsmithing of it all. (gasps) Oh, so good. Also, she's doing this because she's like, you and this guy just fuck. Like, I, she's like, she's like, what does he have that I don't besides penis? But because later she still tries and then she finally understands like they've got a history. But it's like she doesn't understand who Ian is more. Well, just like more than a sexual history. They have a romantic history, too. And as they're like literally nose to nose and he says, I promise your kid's going to be an orphan. Kev just pops in in between them. He's like, hey, hey, no domestic abuse. Take it outside like everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping this bar family friendly. And she says, come home. And he drops her wrist and leaves. She's like, she says, come home or else. Like, like there's a, th- a certain point to which I understand why she's doing this, but bringing, threatening him with Terry into it is so, it's so over the fucking line for me. I know, but it's like, what other option does she have over him? Nothing. Like if she, I feel like None. if they spoke to each other reasonably, like there, there's no need to threaten him with Terry. Well, cause she still believes up until the end of season four that they could possibly have a fulfilling relationship in in some ways. You know, like, we're with each other, but we're also with other people, because obviously she's with other people all day long. Yeah. But then at the end of season four, she finally understands, like, okay, we can be legally married. We can be raising this kid together for the sake of the kid. We can have completely separate partners. We're separated. Like, yeah. But she hasn't come to that realization yeah, yet. Yeah, she doesn't get that until she sees the sacrifices that they make for each other in front of Terry. And now we're off in crazy land. Uh, Debbie is at a pet store. She's playing with some puppies. And the employee is distracted helping another customer. Debbie goes over to the reptile section and finds a fucking snake. The snake lunges at her, which she takes as a good sign. And like looks (laughs) over her shoulder and no one's watching. And opens her backpack and takes out fucking like tongs. And grabs the snake and puts it in her backpack. (laughs) <laughs> i love her <laughs> it's the same tongs from the dinner scene from the previous night with mandy it's those same like red plastic tongs oh my god <laughs> okay Reduce okay reuse. props department in lip storm amanda is again babysitting liam and then kenyatta bursts in demanding to know where lip is and she's like you can't just come in here and he goes where's gallagher and she goes who she's trying to cover for him but then there's that fucking schedule on the wall that says lip it literally schedule. says Lips <laughs> weekly <Gallagher's>. schedule. <laughs> and it's fucking broken up in a five minute segment. And he just follows it down to the day and the time with his finger. Yeah. And he taps on it and he just leaves. He finds where Lip's gonna be, leaves, and you see Amanda pull out her phone. But before we get to the consequences of that scene, 
We join Fiona at NA. She's like searching for jobs on her phone while someone is giving a very intense, very personal share. And then the meeting wraps up and she goes up to the to get her card signed for the leader of the group. And they sign it. And Fiona's like, she tells the, uh, the leader, she's like, I don't really have a drug problem. I just have to be here for court. And the woman's like, mm-hmm, sure. All right. Well, it's like, why the fuck is your pride getting in the way of this? Just keep your head down and don't say shit to anybody. Just go yeah, through the she- motions. And it's not like that's not the first time she said that. She keeps saying she was like, I don't have a drug problem. Like, homegirl, well, I think you do. Well, it's obvious. It's also like that makes you sound like you do when you insist that you don't. Especially it's like they're not going to think lesser of you. They deal with people like this all day long. Like, it's like. And people who are worse than you. Yeah. Like, you aren't the first in the rodeo. But she thinks she's better than those people. She thinks she's better than them. She's too prideful. Oh, yeah. And the woman's like, well. Oh, you can't find a job? I can help you with both. Here's a phone number. Uh, tell him, tell him I sent you. And Fiona's like, oh my god, that's so nice. It's not hooking, is it? And the woman kind of gives her a look. Fiona goes, it is hooking? And the woman says, puts food on my table. Fuck yeah. Good for her. Isn't that illegal under the terms of their probation, though? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, 1 million percent. Is it under the cover of like a spa job or something? No, I mean, if it was a spa, if it was like Svetlana's situation, like it'd be shady as fuck, but like it would technically be like a, a spa place. But like this woman is fully just talking about hooking, I think. Oh, well, that doesn't help her with her probation officer, but yeah. it does help her with money. Yeah. But like also at the same time, you would think that a na or like any like moderator who has to sign off on those types of things would not be the one who would indulge those people who are so sensitive in their addictions or not addictions yeah you would think (laughs) i was like you would think but it's shameless but it's also like anybody can be i mean as long as you've been in the program long enough i feel like anybody can get to that point in na or AA where they start leading meetings Oh, true. And I like this is just another layer of Fiona's like this woman's like, well, here is a job opportunity. I can help you with it. Oh, oh, but you're too good for it. You're too good for this. I, You're too good to be here in this meeting. You're too good for the lowly jobs. You're too good for this. Like, it's just it's Fiona thinking she's better than them. Always, always, always. Even though she is here in the room with them. She is in the same place that these people are in. But she's better than them. And she knows that about herself. But so Fiona's disappointed and she has she sighs and she leaves. And we go outside the pizza place again. Seema gets in her car for a delivery to find the snake, like, at, by her gas pedal. And she, <laughs> and she gets out of the car screaming and finds a note on the windshield that reads, Leave Maddie alone or next time it will be poisonous. The handwriting on that note was, like, gorge. <laughs> it looked awesome. And a very smug Debbie who was watching the whole thing, like, rounds the corner and leaves. And then we join again in detention the star-crossed lovers, Bonnie and Carl. And he says he's the one who spray-painted the lockers. And she's like, do you want to sneak out of detention with me? And he's like, yeah. And they leave. Upstairs at Sheila's, the paramedics are trying to take Frank in for treatment, but he is conscious and refusing. And legally, they can't take him if he's refusing treatment, so they, they have to leave. Yeah, because they directly, they were like, sir, are you refusing treatment? And he's like, get the fuck off of me. And they're like, all right, I'm out. And Well, yeah, and Sammy and Sheila are like, what the fuck? You're just leaving? And they're like, there's nothing we can do. He said he yeah. doesn't want us to help him. And he berates Sammy for even calling the paramedics. And she's like, I don't want you to die. And she like screams and yells at him and shakes him. She's like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. 
she's losing it. She's fully losing it. And he like kind of softens to see her care that much and sends her. He's like, can you just go get me more pain meds? Can you just, can you just go? And Sheila calls the bridal store back and says she needs to move the wedding up. Fully bonkers, crazy, insane, cuckoo's nest. I love her. And then Lip's getting out of class, talking to a buddy, lighting up a cigarette, checks his phone to Amanda warning him, a big angry black guy is coming your way. And And Lip, immediately knowing who the fuck she's talking about, goes, oh shit. And right then you see Kenyatta from down the, down the sidewalk. He spots him and... The chase ensues. Lip can run, dude. Yeah, that's always been his like defining characteristic. He's fast as fuck. He's real fast. They they do be making Jeremy run. They make Jeremy run a lot on this because show. Because he's so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and they get to like, I don't know, like a like a Greek life fair or something in like a student center. Yeah, it's like it's like they're definitely representing frats and sororities because there's Greek letters like on all their shirts and stuff. But they're I, it seems like they're advertising or having a fair for like their specific philanthropy that all frats and sororities have to do yeah. is like they have to pick like one charity. To it's some to. sort of shit in like a main student building and like a yeah. little fair with just tables, a, just a thing with tables and fucking trifolds <laughs> he tries to hide under a table like he did when he was running from the campus police but kenyatta grabs him by the legs and pulls him out from the table and tries to beat the shit out of him and he's like you had sex with mandy and lips like no i didn't no i didn't w- once i did we did once i <laughs> fucked her once like why would you do that and lips says okay and he gets up and he like tries to like put a table between them and kenyatta's like maybe i should fuck your girlfriend like like you did and lips like all right but only in the ass because she's saving herself <laughs> <laughs> the way like the music pauses and they pause and he's, for like that he's line got his hand go, out <laughs> he's got his hand out like he's warding off like a bowl and he's like he's like okay but only in the ass okay she's saving, she's saving herself and then everything goes fast again and kenyatta gets so mad he flips the table and campus security finally shows up and he catches lip and grabs him and lip shows this like you can hear them asking are you students here and lip like whips out his student id he's like i go here i'm a student here i don't know that man he tried to sell me crack and i said i didn't want it and he started chasing me oh he puts on, his good, he puts on his good little white boy voice he's like he's like uh, officers uh, this guy asked me if i wanted to buy crack and when i said no he just started chasing me and it's like lip and lip gets or kenyana gets so fucking mad at this uh, Lip, you're evil for that. You're evil for that. It's like, no, I'm fully aware of what the situation is and I'm going to use it to get out of this or this man is going to murder me. <laughs> and then also ha- making their grand escape, Carl and Debbie, Carl and Bonnie have escaped detention so they could get some firecrackers to play with. But she already has another idea. She pulls out a gun and says that it's fake. And she's like, we're going to go rob a convenience store. And- <laughs> She's like, do you want the black ski mask or the camo ski mask? And before- It's so cute. Oh my God, he's in love. He's fully in love with this girl. He's also like scared to shit though. He's like, wait, for real? He's like, we're actually going to rob <laughs> well, something? Well, because he's like, I've only dreamed of doing something this bad. And then I don't know what kind of fucking backbone and balls that Fiona acquired to walk her ass into the cup company, but she is walking her ass into that office. And she walks up to the the manager lady who was always nice to her. And, like, everyone is looking at her like, what the fuck is this girl doing here? And she goes up to her old manager's desk and she's like, can I ask you a favor? Will you change it so that I was downsized instead of fired so that I could get unemployment? And Connie's like, I don't, I don't know. But she clearly feels bad for Fiona. 
She's like, well, the way she's talking to her, it's so soft. And Fiona's kind of begging her. She's like, she's like, I wouldn't ask if I didn't have any other option. Like, yeah. like, I can't even fucking believe that I'm in here asking you for this. That just proves how bad I need it. And I think Connie earnestly did want to help. She's like, I'll go ask. I'll go see what I can do. And she walks into the higher up. Um, and the higher up is Mike's sister, who, this is a great scene, emerges from her office and tells Fiona off in front of everyone. And she's like, you've got some fucking nerve walking back in here. It's very good. It's a very good, like, big sister moment. She's like, you destroyed my brother. You fucked up our family. How fucking dare you come back in here? It's pretty braunchy. Like, it's like, she gets She it. gets kind of brutal with it, though. Well, because she's like, she's like, I when I first met you... You know, I ignored that you were poor. I told myself she couldn't help her upbringing and how she was raised. But then you had to go and cheat on my brother and do drugs and all this stuff. And it's like, okay. She, well, like, you- then she was like, you are just the junkie that you always are or something like that. She says yeah. something evil. And it's like, you didn't have to bring her being poor into it. But she goes, you think you're a good person. You're not. And you see that fucking break feeling. Like that was the last straw that breaks her. Emmy is also doing some great facial work in this episode. It's very good. She's just, like, devastated. It's like she's sad. She's so sad that she can't even cry. Yeah. Like, she's just looking down. At the convenience store, Bonnie and Carl go and demand all the money from the register, pointing the quote-unquote fake gun at the manager. And he's like, fuck you, lollipop guild. I'm not giving you shit. And then Bonnie shoots the gun at the TV. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. This is real. Not unlike the moment where Cash shoots the chips. And Mickey goes, oh shit, holy fuck. Like, it is not unlike that scene. Not unlike it. And Carl's like, oh my god, the gun was real? Because the guy gives up the money and they make their way out. And Carl's like, what the fuck was that? You said it was fake. Oh, and she goes, you should have seen your face. She's so funny. (laughs) And they like round, they go into an alley. They pull off behind a dumpster. They take their masks off. It's so cute. And then boom, they're kissing. And it's adorable. Doesn't Doesn't she give him all of the money? Yeah, she does. She's like, take it. She did it for the thrill. Yeah, she's like, she's like, don't worry about it. Like, because she was like, I got food for my brothers and sisters. And there's like very cute slow mo kiss, and it's it's a very genuinely sweet moment. And then she pulls back and goes, We should hit a bank tomorrow. And Carl's just like, he's just like enamored. <laughs> though. It kind of reminds me of like Frank and Monica though, because it's like he's in love with her craziness. Total Frank and Monica. She is Bonnie is Carl's Monica for sure. And then they never really talked about her again afterwards. Right? Back at the Milkovich house, Mickey enters to pack up his things. And he passes the babysitter. He's like, you watch baby? And he like takes a minute and looks down at Yevgeny. And it's a very contemplative moment. And he goes, no. And he keeps going into the into the house. And Kenyatta like brushes past him. And Mickey's like, what the fuck? And goes in and sees Mandy beaten and bloody in the bathroom. And she like- Where her eye is just fucked up. And she slams the door in his face and like you see him like processing like, oh shit, what the fuck? And then this is where, I don't know if it would have been included in this episode or the next episode, but like there's a deleted scene of him going into the alibi with bloody knuckles telling everybody that he hurt Kenyatta for hurting his sister. And and everybody's like, well, why did you do that? And he's like, because it's not okay to hit women ever, you fucking assholes. Yeah. 
forever upset about our lost our lost Mickey scenes. And then we go to the Gallagher house. Debbie is leaving Maddie a voicemail asking to hang out. And that's when Seema zooms up in her car, hops out holding a baseball bat, and goes up to Debbie's face. She goes, I don't give a shit if you're 10 years old and playing with dolls. You won a war. You got it. And she like puts the bat up to Debbie's chin. Well, and she like echoes her words. She like echoes her words back to her. She's like, you don't know who you messed with bitch mm. i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna lie seema seema was a baddie for that like she was a baddie <laughs> for that but then what she does later is like super fucking evil her baseball bat though i noticed metal not wood yeah way metal. better than the gallagher killing bat yep and then it's it's fucking cold in the winter too at sheila's house sammy is coming upstairs to wake up frank and she's like the guys are asking for you downstairs and frank's like what guys and sammy leads him downstairs to find Tommy, Kermit, and Kev at Sheila's kitchen counter that they set up to look like the bar. Mm, it's so sweet. They even brought a table and chairs from the alibi, and they've got non-alcoholic beer on tap for him. Because Frank's like, no, 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 because uh, Kev goes to pour him a beer, and Frank's like, no, 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 I can't drink. He goes, hold it, hold it. Non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, he's like, relax. Like, I fucking, I'm not stupid. Because you can see Frank like smile, but you also can see it like setting in, being like, "Fuck this, this is my time." Yeah, like, and and Sammy sits like at the high top, just behind them, like just nibbling on peanuts, like she would at the alibi. And Tommy, Tommy and Kermit start just like <laughs> spouting their bullshit behind and like talking with kev and like it's a very really sweet moment of us just watching frank experiencing this moment and he's like crying he's crying but he's also laughing he like turns around to look at sammy and she smiles at him and it's like it's not often that a frank moment gets me but that moment got me and then we go from that like very sweet touching moment we go to robbie's apartment where there's a pounding on the door opens it to find fiona sobbing and she like pushes him in the chest and pushes her way in to his apartment and she's like everything was fine and you fucked it all up i was fine and then you like she's like you fucked up my life you d-. and she breaks down yeah she's like i should have told the fucking cops it was you like yeah and like it's a it's an emmy russa mugly cry it's an emmy russa mugly cry this is one of her best ones though because she's literally like wrapped in on herself like she made herself look so small it's fucking excellent and she just kind of she just kind of watches him like look at her yeah and then we cut to credits and the end credit song is caught by the light by the boxer rebellion and what a good episode and then next week on shameless fiona hits a breaking point kevin mickey beef ian's high energy turns into high aggression bonnie and carl have more wild adventures and frank receives a possible lead on a new liver how did we like that episode huge good Oh my, like, I've, we've been talking Fantastic. for so fucking long, I don't know what else there is to say about this episode. We've said it all. I mean, we've been recording for almost two hours. Okay, granted, we spent probably 30 minutes of that just chatting, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, Maybe like, I don't, like, I honestly don't know what else there is to say about this episode that we didn't say while, like, I... It speaks for itself. Like, maybe it is quote-unquote a filler episode, but it's, like, a filler of incredibly important information happening in the back half of season four not just Mm -hmm. like a filler of important information because it's not like events are happening i feel like this is filler that expands upon the characters and it's like i know we're four seasons in but we are still continuing to learn new things about these characters i do feel like veronica very sidelined in this episode yeah oh yeah 
Kev was just there for filler as well. Yeah, when they tend to cut back on character storylines, it's always Kevin V or Ian and Mickey. They're the first ones to go. But isn't next episode when Veronica has her babies? Yep. Or does she have them Emily. in- or she has, them, she in has Emily. them in Emily. No, but she it- has her babies next episode because it starts off with um, uh, Fiona having her moment at you know what? apartment. She, they V might have been more in this. Shinola might have gone into labor right around filming, right around this time. Because she was pregnant for real. Yeah, Shinola might have gone into sense. labor. Because yeah. then she's missing for a large chunk of the next episode as well. Yeah. Yeah, because she doesn't show up until uh, they're at the hospital and then with the they're trying to call yeah. Fiona. And she's, like, not answering because she's on, like, her bender or whatever. Yeah. Like, we are barreling towards the end of... Like, I know that 412 is the last episode, but, like, 411 is is the one I'm obviously most excited about. 412 feels like such a finale, though. It's, like... It it's, does. It's literally grand. Like, it's just... There's just so much. It's the big climax and the, and the like, yeah, general four, 411 resolution. does feel like the finale, and 412 feels like the aftermath. Like, just leading it's into season five yeah yeah it's like four four eleven's the climax four twelve is the resolution yeah and yeah like so much of this episode it was it was just quiet development it was the the mickey development in this episode fucking huge huge to his to his character in this they made specific him a episode person? <laughs> like, they, they made, made him, him a like, person they made him feel like a real person a little bit they made him a person. And and then Fiona, too. Like, while he is experiencing this whole thing with Svetlana, Fiona is fucking spiraling. Shit is going wrong for her. Everyone else, it was kind of like Carl was off in his little fairy tale land with his girl, and Debbie was off doing stupid bullshit. And then, yeah, the rest like, of them were just kind of going through the motions. Lip, I feel like, had a good balance between, like, legitimate character building moments and general he was just involved going with a through, little bit going through events and like again noel fisher being a main cast member in this this felt like a mickey episode that ian was a part of instead of mm. an ian episode that mickey was kind of there for well because ian's not in it that much he's to there to fair. do supporting work in scenes with mickey yeah especially not on his own yeah ian doesn't ian has one solo scene out not involved like not in reference to mickey or involving mickey is when he brings I, those clothes to mandy i think this mandy. is legitimately the first big mickey episode like 408 was a whole other thing like that was an ian and mickey episode this is the first like mickey episode anyway we loved it a lot uh <laughs> and now we're all very tired and hungry and we're all gonna go eat <laughs> And we're yes. going to get the fuck out of here. And you guys are going to get 410 whenever you get it because uh, we all work and have lives and jobs and shit goes crazy. And we're sorry about that. Indeed. But this podcast <laughs> doesn't make money. So we have to make money other places. So true. But if you wanted always. to support us, you could always check out our Ko-Fi or buy one of our lovely, lovely merchandise or some of our stickers, which you can find through our Instagram, Luck We Had Pod, our Twitter, Luck We Had Pod. Our link is to our website on there, to our Ko-Fi and to our bonfire where our shirts are being sold. If you want a sticker, DM Luck We Had Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Abnormal Amanda on Twitter, at Abnormal Amanda 18 on Instagram, and at Abnormal Amanda underscore 18 on TikTok. Where the fuck can they find y'all? You guys can find me on Instagram at I am okay 4000 or you can find me on Twitter at Internet Life Yo or on TikTok at Unevent. And where can I find you, Lena? You can find me on Twitter at Durr's Holmvik, but the L is an I, like the character from Workaholics. <laughs> I had to think about that one for a second. 
And you can find me on Instagram at Kojak, C-O-J-A-C-K-K. Anything else we need to mention? T-shirts, stickers, follow us, do what you want, message us, email us, luckwehadpod at gmail.com. Rate, review, Possible subscribe. special episode coming soon? Special Possible, maybe? maybe? Possible. Depending, but, it's all, it literally all depends on me. Yeah. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. It really does matter. It helps people find our show. And we're so sorry we're rushing the end of this, but it's been a long record, guys. And I feel oh, like yeah. they're only going to get longer in these last three episodes of season And then they're four. just going to get marginally shorter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but we love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I love talking to you too. I love talking to you. What the F? I love talking to you guys. What the heck? And uh, we'll see you next time, y'all. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye.